You're listening to the All Things Good Sports Podcast, a product of All Things Good Company. Welcome to the ATG Sports Podcast. This is Jeff. This is Tom. And we've got a special guest today. We are talking to Marcus Walden of the Boston hey, Red Sox. Doing? Hey, man. How are you guys um, doing? Awesome. Awesome. How about you? Good. You uh, ready for this uh, long stretch of games here? We've got a long stretch against some pretty good teams for the next 15 or 18 games, I think. Yeah, I, I knew there's a one day off, but yeah, there's a double header in there too. So I'm pretty sure it's like 33 games and 33 days starting yesterday. Yep, starting yesterday. So we got quite the stretch. Yeah, big one tonight against the Astros on Fox. How are you guys feeling about that one coming up? We're going pretty good, man. We got Velasquez on the mound tonight. We've actually we've got a pretty good record when he starts, so it, uh, it'll be fun to watch. Then we got McCullers and we're facing. Yeah, so let's just uh, get our listeners a little bit of background about you. Do you want to tell us about your time playing baseball uh, in high school and, and college? I know you went to high school in Fresno, and then yep. you went to a community college in Fresno, right? Correct, yeah. Born and raised in Fresno, California. I went to Central High School. Our field is actually named Tom Goodwin Field, so it's pretty cool to have him as one of my coaches now and went to the yeah. same high school and grew up in the same area. Went played one year at junior college at Fresno City where we had, we still got a really good program out there for California JUCOs and ended up getting drafted in the ninth round in 2007. Yeah, so is this Fresno City College, right? Is this a yep. big-time baseball community college? For the most part, it's a pretty good base, baseball school. I want to say we're at about 22, 23 guys that made it to the big leagues out of our program. Tom Seaver and Dick Soma being by Ted Willie oh, and Ted some Willie. of the bigger names. Yep. Yeah, that's that's awesome. In high school, were you recruited by a lot of other colleges and you decided to stay local? I was actually recruited by one school, Liberty College out of Pennsylvania. Oh, and, yeah. I uh, had one phone conversation with them and decided at that time in my life that was not the path I wanted to go on. Well, it sounds like different. it worked out all right for you. Yeah, it did. I mean, this probably is just a dream come true for you playing in the big leagues and performing how you've been doing. Is this something yeah. that kind of came to light, you know, when you were in college or, you know, how long have you been thinking this could be a possibility? Well, I mean, I played infield, I played shortstop, second base pretty much my whole life growing up. I didn't pitch until my senior year in high school. I threw uh, about 30 innings my senior year, and then I ended up wanting to go to Fresno City where my brother went to school and one of my best friends were there. And I knew, I mean, right then I knew I wanted to go there. Just a matter of what I was going to do. I thought I was always going to play infield my whole life. Ended up getting on the yeah. mound my senior year and had a good year and threw the ball decently hard for being a 17-year-old kid <laughs> and ended up working out for me pretty good. Had a good year That's that freshman year in college and got drafted. So you started out as a pitcher, it sounds like, right as a relief pitcher. You never had to transition from being a starter? No, yeah. I, I My first time, I mean, I started a little bit in high school, which was okay, but I, I never really threw. I don't think I threw a complete game. I never really was like a – full six inning seven inning guy i'd run out of gas out of about 50 pitches mm -hmm. so once i went to college i knew i wanted to be in the bullpen but once i signed i started for eight years in pro ball yeah that's a long journey 
<laughs> what was the beginning journey like with that? I know, I mean, we know a couple people just in, from our area that have been drafted and played some single A ball and ended up backing out just because, you know, mm-hmm. financially they, they, they oh. couldn't do it, you know. And so what was that struggle like, you know, in getting through that? Yeah, that's probably the hardest part. I mean, it's, it's hard. The financial side, obviously, we don't really make a whole lot of money in the minor leagues. Um, you're living in hotel to hotel, living in some pretty some cities that you would never just think about going to. Yeah. You know, I never thought I'd be so happy to go to Auburn, New York, after being in Florida in the GCL and extended spring for a year. I was the happiest camper to get out of Florida, out of that heat. Went up to Auburn, New York, and I ended up loving it up there. Country style in New York and upstate New York, about 30 minutes outside of Syracuse. And that was one of my funner years in 2008, just because it was the first year that we actually got some fans and you play in the GCL or extended spring and there's two people not wearing a uniform there. And it's somebody's girlfriend and somebody's mom is probably there. About <laughs> yeah. it. So, I mean, you go from that to coming and playing in Fenway. It's a long yeah. journey. talk about how the different levels of coaching have helped you develop into the player that you are today I know I'm sure even just college to single a is a big jump but now that you're in the the MLB is there a lot that you're gaining and learning about yourself as a pitcher since you got to this level definitely so I when growing up 18 to 22 I believe I had Vince Horseman as my pitching coach with the Blue Jays who I love who helped me a lot mechanically I had him for four years, so I was lucky to have the same guy to kind of reinstill what we were working on. And now that, you know, now in AAA and the big leagues, obviously more in the big leagues, we have all the analytical side to where we know, I mean, we have a good idea of what guys are looking for and things like that. So now it's trying to build a game plan when you're in the bullpen or, or pregame meetings and stuff like that. Building a game plan for when you get the game, what you're doing against certain hitters. So that's really the biggest thing. We don't really talk a whole lot of mechanical stuff. And a lot of guys are pretty sound in that area. A lot of it is just execution of pitches and, and where we're trying to tunnel pitches and things like that. Yeah, that leads me into another question. So when you're scouting for individual players that you're likely going to pitch against, is that something that the whole team is going over together, the whole pitching staff? Or is it mostly individually you look at them? Are you looking at this with the catcher at the same time? How does that work? So our starters do pregame meetings every day. Whoever's starting that day, they're with the catcher, the pitching coach. There's Dana, our bullpen coach, CB's in there. We have Veritech in there and Epi, who's two of our catching coaches. So they're in there creating a game plan. And we got some video guys and some guys that work behind the scenes that pretty much get all of our data and all of our video for that. Um, And then as a bullpen, we have pre-series meetings. So we'll have all of our relievers with all of our coaches in there and the catchers, and we'll just go by hitters one by one. We're, I mean, we're probably one of the very few bullpens that are all right-handed. So usually it's a right-handed mm-hmm. meeting and then a left-handed meeting. But we got eight righties in the bullpen for us. So we just have the one meeting and kind of walk through it, talk about each guy, watch some video clips on what they're doing. And, I mean, it takes about 15, 20 minutes, nothing real long give each guy about two minutes on what we're doing and kind of go from there. 
No, yeah, uh, kind of building off, uh, you know, the scouting and whatnot. What's it kind of like? You know, it must make it easier having Gold Glovers like Jackie Bradley Jr. and Bucky Betts behind you. That's probably is that definitely something you know that you feel confident more on the mound. Definitely. I mean, I I'm sure. I think it was Sunday. Both of them made some unbelievable plays for me the other day. I mean, they've been making some great plays, obviously, their whole career. And now they're, they're kind of – Jackie's getting recognized for being the gold glover that he is. I mean, in my personal opinion, I think he's the best center fielder in the game. And so that definitely gives you a lot of confidence when, you know, if you do leave a ball over the middle and they square it up. And yeah. if it's in the ballpark, we got a pretty good chance of catching it with our outfield. Even if it's not, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would say uh, Jackie Bradley is finally being recognized. I, I'd say he's arguably been the best center fielder for years, and uh, it was good to see him finally get the recognition he deserved last year. Exactly. Well-deserved. Yeah, so you've had some games with the Red Sox last year. And this year, obviously, it's sticking a little bit more. You've been a key member of this bullpen. What has been working better for you as far as what's clicking this year? I know – You've been using your slider a little bit more. Is there anything that you changed mechanically this year? Is there just better location? Is it better yeah. uh, scouting? What's working the best a for little, you right now? A little bit of understanding myself a lot more is kind of what's really helped me. I think I, I got the same slider, but understanding when to throw a chase pitch, when to you know get ahead of guys, who's swinging first pitch, kind of reading into that a lot more um, has helped me with, this month I've been up this year but it's more of knowing like as a starter when I started in the minor leagues if it was the count was one and two I was trying to put the ball in the zone and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to throw you know something in the zone to where if they're looking if they take the pitch it's a strike three and you do that in the big leagues guys are going to crush it I gave up a lot of 0-2-1-2 hits last year I think I gave up probably half of my hits that I gave up were 0-2-1-2 so oh, wow. this year, just trying to put guys away, and that doesn't necessarily mean striking them out, but it's getting weak contact, trying to get a ground ball. I've come in in a couple situations with guys on base, less than two outs, and getting a ground ball is a lot more beneficial at the time than getting a punch out. So, I mean, just go back oh, sure. to my first game in, in Arizona. I end up with a guy on third base, one out, get a big ground ball to Bogarts, and we get the eye out at third, get a punch out, get out of the inning, and we end up winning that game. We were down by one at the time. I'm pretty sure Mitch comes up and hits a big homer in the eighth or ninth. And mm. you know, that's kind of how the season started for me. Yeah, so the team this year, you mentioned how the bullpen is all righties, which is not typical on its own, but you guys came in with sort of a closer by committee this year, which is also abnormal. And I know that it's been a lot of Matt Barnes there and a lot of uh, Ryan Brazier there at the end, but is that more difficult to prepare for the day or do you have a game plan with the coach of essentially the order that you're planning on going in beforehand? Yeah, with, especially with those two, they had meetings early in spring, and they were just going to put them in the best places to, to succeed. You know, if they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to face Matt Barnes faces one through four, you know, those are kind of where he, we have the best chance to succeed. And Brazier's facing five through nine, or, or vice versa, because they're both they're different style pitchers. Brazier's 
you know, got a two-seamer, got a good fastball, got a really good slider and a, and a split, as in Matt Barnes. Just, I mean, if he gets ahead of you, it's going to be a fun at-bat for us to watch. You know, high heaters, he's been up to 95 to 98 this year. Mm-hmm. He's got a one unbelievable breaking ball. He knows how to throw it for a strike. He knows how to bury it. So having both of those guys, I think, has kind of helped us in the in my opinion, because now we're not just – we don't really like how this guy's stuff plays against a certain hitter. You know, we're going out there with our best matchup, and we have confidence in both guys to go out there and get those three outs. Do you have, a, like, a certain preference for when you like coming into the game? I know, you know, some pitchers can be bothered by coming in mid-inning. Other pitchers, it might work out best for them. You know, they like coming in and shutting the door down. Do you have any preference for when you'd like coming into the game? I, I mean, I really don't. I mean, I kind I like the idea and the challenge and the, you know, the, the thought of coming in the middle of an inning and, and kind of trying to help your teammate and bail your teammate out. That's a, you know, being a, one of the few ground ball pitchers in our bullpen, I see that's a trait that I kind of have that, you know, some of our guys like Workman doesn't get a lot of ground balls, but he can punch out pretty much anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of right now it's, He's been coming in in some in the middle of innings, usually with two outs and going out there and getting a big punch out for us. Um, I've come in in a couple times with less than two outs with guys on base, and you know I'm there to get that ground ball or get a punch out and try to clean up the inning. Yeah. So one thing that we're wondering about as a major league pitcher, I know that a lot of pitchers just they go with whatever the catcher calls on each given pitch. And I know Chris Sale is famous for for letting, you know, Sandy or, or Christian just call the game for him. Is that the way that you approach it, or do you shake off a lot of pitches? I This year I haven't shaken a whole lot. I've shaken a couple times, and there's some times that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a certain pitch. I'm, I got a pitch that I think is set up for, and I'd say, I mean, this year Vasquez and Sandy, we've just been on the same page, and if it's, a you know, a heater up or a chase slider or something, you know, that's what I'm thinking in my head when, I, when I'm when i getting the ball back and I'm prepping for the next pitch. And they're calling it, and it just gives you that much more confidence in it, knowing that it's the right pitch call, and now it's just about execution. Yeah, that's great. I know Sandy and Christian, they've been great at, at calling the games the last few years, so it's, it's easy to put trust in those kind of guys. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, so kind of building off that, you know, the bullpen, I know we touched on how, you know, you played some games last year, but what's it like kind of being part of, that bullpen that had, you know, the World Series run last year and maybe, you know, building off that. And, you know, since you've been one of the better performers of that bullpen this year, what's it kind of like then building towards that goal? You know, it's, it's good. Obviously, a lot of, we've got a lot of the same guys. I think we've got 22 of our 25 guys back that won the <laughs> World Series last year. You know, so a lot of guys know what to expect. They know what they're getting themselves into. We all understand it's a long season. We know that we started off a little cold on that big, long road series to start the year. But, I mean, we're four games back, and it's the middle of May. So mm. a lot of guys are getting excited in there. we got some big series coming up. We can uh, win some big games here. I think we're going to be right in the mix of things by the time June starts. Hey, everyone. Do you like the ATG Sports Podcast? Well, the PodCoin app pays you to listen to this podcast and every podcast. It's a podcast player that pays. Just get the PodCoin app on iPhone or Android. It's free and super easy to use. You can use the PodCoin you earn to claim gift cards or donate to charity. It literally is amazing. It turns your podcast listening into charity. Or if you like, just get some Amazon or Starbucks gift cards. 
I use the PodCoin app to do all my podcast listening now, and I love it. Go get it on the App Store or on Android today. Seriously, just go get the PodCoin app and use the invite code ATG Sports. That's capital A-T-G-S, lowercase p-o-r-t-s. You'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up if you use my code. That's 300 PodCoin just for signing up if you use the code ATG Sports. Go give the PodCoin app a try today. Yeah, that's another thing to talk about is that this team obviously coming off the World Series win and the Boston Red Sox record for number of wins last year, everybody expected you to come out of the gate strong as a team and started out, I think it was seven and 13 and it was near (laughs) the bottom of the American League. But, you know, you got to remember it's a really long season, like you said, and it was good to see Alex Cora and everybody preaching a little bit of patience and you're not going to totally change up everything that's been done. And it was good to see that you guys were able to go on a run there, like 11 to 13. And like you said, right back into the mix of things after yeah. 40 games. So good to yeah, see. Was it, was it difficult? Yeah. I mean, everybody expected, you know, last year, obviously we won a lot of games. We had some big stretches and people were wondering if Alex was going to They're talking about him panicking. And, you know, once we start losing and how's he going to adjust? And dude, he's been awesome. He's got all the faith in us. We've had a couple meetings when I first got called up, and it was just about pulling for each other, having that same enthusiasm that they had in August, September, and October last year, and how, you know, it wasn't all set on one one or two guys. And now that we got JD's hitting the ball really well, Mookie's coming around, Benny's starting to swing it a lot better. Obviously, Devers is batting almost 330, 350. You know, some of these guys are coming up big, and it's helping the team out a lot. Oh, yeah, and in terms of making – making a run here and kind of getting that back together. Who do you guys feel is your biggest threat going forward and through the playoffs? I mean, I know tonight is probably a good maybe measuring stick, but, you know, definitely a team you guys could see in the playoffs, right? You said it. You know, I think the Astros are a really good team. Obviously, there's a lot of familiarity with Alex Core being there, our bullpen coach CB being there. So it's a big chess match, especially in this series. And then we're going to take four games off going to Toronto. And then we got right back into Houston series in Houston. So uh, I think those six games are really going to tell us a lot of where we are today. Not necessarily mm-hmm. what kind of team we are, but, you know, where we are. And we're feeling we uh, have some good games going into this series. So kind of seeing where we're at. And they got a really good team as well. Yeah, so we mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast that you guys have 33 games and 33 days coming up. And I know that you have had some some games where you've gone two to three innings where – you guys won't have a whole lot of opportunities for rest in the bullpen. Is that going to continue to be the game plan, or you you think you'll have shorter uh, stints coming out of the bullpen, or is, is everything just basically status quo for this kind of run? I mean, I think it's going to be status quo. I mean, I think the days that I can go multiple innings, it kind of helps us with giving Workman a day off or Barnes or Brazier. We definitely got some guys in the bullpen that are some long guys that, you know, we start scoring some runs. We'll see some guys and, and give our bullpen some rest. Yesterday, Barnes had the day off after going two innings and then back-to-back with one inning. So that was one of the things. That's why he didn't get hot last night. But, I mean, I think for this next – I'm saying until that off day, we're going to go – you know, obviously Alex is 
we're going to try to win every single game. We're not going to hold anybody back. Mm -hmm. I think today was or yesterday was probably that first day. And I would assume the only day that we were kind of short staffed, even coming off the off day. Mm -hmm. So I think walking into it, we're going to, our bullpen is going to be pretty fresh and it's going to be fun to watch. No, yeah, it's definitely nice having uh, some guys that can eat up some innings for you and kind of lessen the load for the other guys. I guess one, another question we had as we start to wrap it up here is maybe just, you know, what is your favorite thing about playing in Boston and kind of being over here on the East Coast, you know, being from the West Coast? You know, the biggest thing that I see is obviously the fan support on the East Coast. I mean, up and down the whole Northeast is the fans – they enjoy coming out to baseball games. That's the only thing I really miss. I wish the West Coast from growing up in California. Obviously, San Francisco had some a lot of years with some sellout crowds, but that's you know that's when they were playing good and things were fun to watch. And that's the biggest thing to me. I, I love how passionate people are about all their sports: their football, their basketball, yeah. the hockey's playing really well right now, going into the Stanley Cup. So it, it's a fun city to be a part of with with the winning that's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to come up to Maine and get some lobster rolls. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to be a passionate fan base when, you know, each team wins about every five years. So <laughs> we've been really spoiled up here. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's just the atmosphere and the team and the culture they provide. So I yeah. some ball games. Well, it's good to see that you're enjoying yourself up here and that you like it in Boston. The clubhouse is in good shape. Really appreciate you coming on and getting to know you a little bit. And as a Red Sox fan, I really appreciate what you're doing for the team. So it was great to get to know you and good luck tonight. Thank you very much, guys. You guys have a good one. Thanks, you too. Well, that was Marcus Walden of the Boston Red Sox. It was a privilege to have him on and get to know him. He's been really one of the best pitchers in the major leagues this year. He's leading the Red Sox in wins with a 5-0 and record. He's leading the Red Sox in ERA, 1.46, and he's also leading the team in whip. So you know, he was a pretty unknown player coming into the year, and he's broken out. So everybody yeah. be sure to cheer him on as the year goes on. Yep, maybe we'll see him get in tonight. Uh, well, you know, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll be back again with the podcast real soon. Thank you.